This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. everybody Dale Robbins my uh, co-host of Northwood replay 2019 Rich Violet and coach EJ Arnold of the Northwood Timberwolves 2019 football team it is great to have you here for Northwood replay well the season on paper to start this thing back in September had 11 dates we have played 10 of those dates so this being episode 11 leads us to our final regular season game for the Northwood Timberwolves as uh, we are coming off a, a loss down in Grand Rapids Rapids, Caledonia, to be fair, uh, to Davenport University this last Saturday, a 21-14 loss to Davenport, uh, moving us to 1-9 overall. We are 1-6 in the GLIAC. Davenport uh, writes their schedule at 4-5 overall. They now move to 2-5 in the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. And, Coach, we went down and saw a bit of a subpar game following the great win that we had over Northern Michigan two weeks ago. It just never seemed in the, in the seven-point loss in Davenport uh, that we got our fire lit. It seemed like uh, we had some opportunities, and again, uh, we've not been referencing the, the win-loss of so much of the campaign, but I'm looking at five games of the nine that end up in the loss column. We are two minutes left in the game mm -hmm. of five of those nine games, and we couldn't get this to fall our way either. Your thoughts on Saturday and, and uh, that loss to Davenport? Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment to say we didn't have a fire lit underneath us. You know, I thought early on we, we kicked the ball off to them, and our defense does a great job getting a three and out, and they hit a bad punt, and we got great field position, and we were kind of fired up there, but then our offense stalled out, and, and our offense struggled throughout the day, Davenport being a very good defense, but we were in an in-between state where we had to go for it on fourth down too long to kick a field goal, and we didn't get it, and that let a little bit of air out of the balloon. Sure. And then the rest of the day, it was just kind of everybody looking around to somebody else saying, is he going to make the play? Is he going to make the play? It was just a very odd game in terms yeah. of emotion and energy and stuff like that. And, you know, the message to the team was you can't be a guy that waits for somebody else. It has to be a – if it's – if it's to be, it's up to me mentality, and, and we lack that a little bit during the game. And I don't know if it was because of the win and a quote-unquote hangover or anything like that. I just think we were a little flat, and we have to learn from that on how to handle our business coming out against Tech this week. Yeah, and that was one of my questions is, is yeah, I know you don't have the magic ball, but how do you not come out flat? 
in those situations. And going back to what Dale was saying, <clears throat> I started looking. And you know on the season, we lose to three to Tiffin. We lose by three to Ashland. We lose by seven to Hillsdale in overtime. We lose by seven to Davenport and ten to Finley, which I thought we controlled the whole game. Absolutely. And you know, things a little differently, you're sitting at six and four instead mm -hmm. of one and nine. And so my question really is, what's the message to the team this week uh, about the season? Is it brotherhood and friendship and lifelong memories? I mean, what's your message? Because it's not a one in nine team. Right. And, and that the reality of it is our record is what it is. And so we don't hide away from that. We, we definitely tell our guys, look, you know, we're close, but that doesn't count in the game. So the last few weeks, we've kind of tried to put the record aside, even when we were playing Northern and not worry about those kinds of things. It's about how we handle ourselves. And, you know, this week after another disappointing loss, you know, the guys were devastated on Sunday. It was a very quiet room, very emotional in a, in a negative way a little bit just because we knew we let one slip away so the challenge to them this week was it's it's you versus you what do you play for your pride is at stake here not worrying about the record the, the chemistry on the team has been phenomenal they have never wavered our guys love each other um, they've been great not just the seniors but everybody to a man from number one to number 120 we've been awesome in terms of the chemistry and everything we just haven't made the plays and things like that on the field so we're just trying to make sure that our guys know that there is a lot at stake, that this is an important game, not just for the seniors, but for the program. To go out with a win is important for us as we hit the trail in recruiting. It's important for the program itself and for those young guys to get a win at the end of the year to move them forward with some momentum going into the offseason. I'm thinking back. Uh, I remember the last game of fast pitch softball I played vividly uh, for the seniors who Saturday will be their last game. The season-long record may not have a whole bunch of impact over time, but you're going to remember the last time you dressed, the last time you took it, the last time you called the coin, right. the last play you made, the last impact. So at, at this point, you are taking nine of your current program, and they will not be on the field from Northwood. But then you've also got another 70 youngsters who's going to suit up with probably another 20 guys they've never met at this point is your hard part of the season truly begins Sunday morning during the recruitment phase for 2020, right? So I'm thinking you had, going back to Saturday's game quickly, your defense I thought was outstanding. You had four defenders in double digits with tackles and assists. Dimitri led the world on Saturday. He had 15 tackles, tackle and a half were for losses. He had a couple of pass breakups. Uh, Santiago, 13 tackles. Uh, Noah Brown finished with 11. And the youngster, Dante Banton, who we had here just a week ago, finishes with 10 tackles, two of those for a loss and a sack. So you had a component of your team that was the special teams and offense that kind of kind of neutralized the good job you were doing against a pretty elusive offense of Davenport. They, uh, they like you said a week ago, they have some athletes and, yep. and they covered some territory. Yeah, you know, I thought our defense throughout the game played extremely well. They gave us a chance to be in it. And again, Right. We've got the ball at the end with the chance to go down and tie it as poorly as we played at times. Um, you know, I think the one thing our defense does have to work on, and Coach Luke knows this, and they've expressed it, is just third downs. You know, that's as well as we played, we weren't able to get off the field in crucial situations. Right. And it was a game of field position where they went for it on some fourth downs and things like that, too. But um, as well as we played, there's still room for improvement. They know that in the crucial times, we got to get off the field and get our offense back out there. The time of possession was very very poor in it terms was. of our favor it was about 15 minute difference so that didn't help us at the end of the day you know we were only down 14 7 at half right? right and dale asked me at half he said coach what adjustments do you make and i was for the first time i didn't have an answer i'm like 
well, you just you tweak because we didn't play to, other than offensively, we struggled in the time of possession. But defensively, I thought we played pretty well. So I guess at halftime, what adjustments did you make? Uh, the adjustment <laughs> that we talked about was mentality. It was just a matter of getting motivated and not waiting again for somebody else to make the play, but go make it yourself and everything. And, you know, <laughs> offensively, it wasn't a lack of the game plan, I think. I think it was, you know, we just made some mistakes, some critical errors that allowed their defensive line to get penetration and, and disrupt Nate throughout the day. Um, but I think it was, it was a simplistic game plan. We just have to execute better. I think the early three and outs and the interception – and the lack of offensive production in the first quarter especially is is what hurt us and that's that's because we didn't come out ready like we had been yep. you know right. most recently exactly right. as we've proven all season long even in a loss we have highlights to go to so let's do that coach let's uh, take a look at some of what we brought home from Davenport University a week ago yeah again our defense you talked about playing well there's Tim Jackson and Jordan Acklin getting there in on a sack you know, here Nate Gomez one of our screen plays to Jalen Lewis uh, on a third down conversion to keep us going. This was a, a scoring drive for us that we made some big third down plays here. This is Al Spacuzzi catching a ball on a, a busted coverage and Nate and him doing a great job of taking advantage of, of the busted coverage there and getting us some great field position. And then Nate comes back here and trusts his wideouts and throws it up to Brian Keith. It was great to see him going up and doing that again like he had done early on in the year. And those are the plays that we got to continue to make. Cash Goldsmith here on our goal line package getting in. And again, 14-7, but you know, even then we have to have a little bit more emotion about right, us. We, right. we need more excitement in the game. You talked about Dimitri, he was everywhere in the game. A fourth down stop right there. He did a great job here again on a, a third down. This is one of the times we do get a stop with Dimitri with the pass breakup in coverage. He played extremely well. You know, I thought, our, like you talked about, our defense played good, and now it's a fourth down stop here, and, and our defense does a great job getting penetration, and Dante with the sack on fourth down. But we got to make plays on offense. We got to convert on these things, and, you know, we get down here, and Nate does a good job eluding the rush and getting down, but we got to come away, you know, with points on, on a more consistent basis. We had a chance before the half, and we didn't get it. This is in the fourth quarter here, where again, he puts it up there to Al, and our receivers made some plays when given the opportunity. Again, we just, they were too few and far between the Four plays catches, that we made. Yep. 71 yards and a touchdown. For here's, here's Dimitri at the end of the game. And again, right there, we stop him on fourth down. Yep. We get the ball back here. We've got a chance. Here we run a hook and ladder play, trying to create some momentum at the end. And Christian Martinez does a great job going. But at the end here, you see Taj Leslie with the crackback block that's just illegal by today's standards. And that puts us behind the eight ball. So again, it's. That's about Northwood beating Northwood a little right. bit there, and we have to eliminate those critical errors if we want to be successful up in Houghton this week. And not to mention, you know, one score was taken off the board. You yep. know, we make a great catch down by the goal line. Unfortunately, we step out of bounds, and so it's called incomplete, and we don't convert. I think that's when we went for the field goal yep. and didn't convert. So you take that off the board, or you put that on the board, it's a – now it's a different, it's a different game. game. It's yep. a different game. You're so. right down that line. Was he out? Was he in? He was. Uh, he was out. That was okay. a good call. I'll give, I'll give him that. Because the official was right I on that, right? That one. Uh, we figured that too yeah. because yeah. we <laughs> we were a long ways away, but we figured. Well, you were too excited. I'll so give we him that figured. One. Yeah. Uh, so we take a look at uh, Nate Gomez, uh, redshirt freshman. He gets his second collegiate start. Uh, he has a good day uh, in the air, and he was rushed. He didn't have a whole lot of time to yep. think about things. Very creative in that sense. He ends up with 147 yards in the air. He had the touchdown. 
down to Spacuzzi through the air, and he ends up with 41 yards on the ground. Yep. He's a creative young lad who makes something where there's nothing in some cases. Exactly. You know, he's he goes out there and, and makes plays on his own and everything. And again, you said it's his second collegiate start, so he's still learning and trying to absorb the game and absorb the playbook, and he's done a great job of managing everything. And I think, albeit a loss, you know, the other day was good for him to get beat up a little bit and to see him get back up. He got, he took a beating, and we got to play better up front on the O-line, but to see him get back up continuously and say, I'm good, I'm good, that was impressive to see, and that sold a lot of guys on him as a leader right. of our team right now. I'm really sold on Dante Banton, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, especially from his position, because that's a position contain or spill. You're not getting a lot of credit a lot of times. Right. Ten tackles, two tackles for loss and a sack. And week after week after week, he just looks like he's getting better and better. Yep, he's playing like you would want a redshirt freshman to play right now at the end of the year. Guys like him and Nate and Cash Goldsmith, you know, the future is very bright. And our D-line, I think our D-line as a whole has played better throughout the year. You know, we're young. um, We've been beat up at places. But guys like Dante, guys like Simeon, and the guys on the interior, Darius McCray, Jordan Acklin, they're getting better and better each week. Now we just have to finish it this week and go out with a win. Yep. Are you healthy going into uh, Saturday yeah, up north? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't get beat up too bad in the Davenport game, just bumps and bruises, right. which is natural for game 11. You know, but we're feeling pretty good, and we'll, we'll take the 58 that make that travel roster. We'll leave tomorrow, and we'll go get a win. I only ask that, Coach, because uh, you guys have kind of come through that middle third of the season, and it was next man up mentality mm-hmm. throughout. So let's go ahead and take a look at last week's results around the Gleock, if you will, for yep. CJ. Wayne State with a big win against Michigan Tech. That, that puts them in a position this week if they can get it done against Grand Valley that Wayne State might sneak into the playoffs they, they yeah. have a shot Ferris State Grand Valley that sounded like a great game like it always is um, surprising to see Ashland and Finley that score you know Finley did a great job controlling that game and you know Ashland who's kind of uh, they've been close and won a lot of games whereas we've been close and haven't pulled it out but that one was a little bit surprising to see that and then Saginaw you know gets back on track up north against Northern Michigan and, and got themselves a win so you know the standings here you know like I said it's it's interesting to see Wayne State after they had a little bit of a slow start this year to pull their season together and have a chance this week if they can beat Grand Valley sure. uh, to maybe sneak in. And Grand Valley is in a must win against Wayne State right. now that they have two conference losses. So, again, great parity there. And, and Ferris doesn't play this week, so their season's over. But they'll be in the playoffs, and they've done a great job this year. And it'll be interesting to see if, if Grand Valley can get in. They're, I think, at number eight in the regional rankings right now, so this is a must win for them. But, again, Wayne State might be able to sneak in as well. It's, it'll be a very interesting weekend, you know, to see what happens in the GLIAC. Quickly before we uh, break to talk to one of your players, uh, uh, there is something at stake against uh, with Michigan Tech, and they are two and five in the GLIAC. Mm-hmm. You guys are, are one and six. We're going to uh, to try to notch that at the same as we're. So we're looking to go two and six and bring them to two and six. So like you don't need that carrot hanging out in front of you right. on a Thursday for Saturday. But there always seems to be something in this GLIAC that is to play for. Absolutely. And so uh, that's uh, that I know is is your message even in the cold outside. We'll talk about that a little bit. How was yesterday's practice for the boys? It was cold but good. (laughs) Well, getting them ready for the trip. That's right. I'm so glad they decided to heat the MCT MCTV (laughs) studios today because these guys needed it. Hey, we're going to take you inside the huddle and put you right on the line of scrimmage. We're going to throw you in a defensive end position and introduce you to uh, one of the starters for the Timberwolves. It's Simbo. You do the math and we'll introduce you to him right after this word.
Welcome back, everybody. Dale Robbins, Coach Rich Violet, and on the D-line, he plays the end of that D-line. I'd like to introduce you to number 56. Uh, he is a junior. He uh, hails from Illyria, Ohio. His name is Simeon Lawrence, and you're familiar with him on our, our television and uh, radio broadcast as Simbo, a.k.a. Media Services Lawrence, <laughs> and we've got him at the table here at uh, Northwood Replace. Good to have you, well, good, young good fella. Good to see you again, boss. Uh, uh, so you are uh, you are in your third year at Northwood. Uh, you uh, have been uh, through the order of sitting back, waiting your turn. Okay. You got a, you got some snaps a year ago in 2018, mm -hmm. and this year all of a sudden you find yourself as a uh, in in the two deep. You're in the one slot, and that's despite you only having played uh, seven of the nine games thus far, because you picked up that silly turf toe thing, yeah. and it ain't silly once you got it. Tell uh, us uh, tell us a little bit, Simeon, about uh, about injury for a collegiate football player because you're in class, you're going to practice, you're working through rehab, there's a whole bunch, you work, there's a whole bunch of things that you're doing yeah. to ready yourself for football Saturdays. What, uh, mm -hmm. what kind of a tax does that put on you as a young athlete? Well, I mean, the first thing for any athlete is, you know, you don't expect it to happen to you. Right. You know, and when it does, you're thinking, why me? And uh, I think the biggest thing that helped me out is not to think, why me? And to think, like, okay, if I rehab the right way, we got the right trainers, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right no matter what. So I kept a positive mindset throughout the whole entire thing. And I had, you know, at work, I had you, you know, supporting me, you know, making it a little easier on me uh, on the I job. Love your boot. No, no <laughs> oh, yeah, I love you. No way. You should see that boot. It goes with every panty work. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. You know, like, I had the boot and stuff. And just seeing the guys, you know, uh, band together and, you know, it, it, it was it's just motivating to get back. Sure. And so it makes you, makes you just more hungry to get back, you know, seeing all the guys have all that fun without you. Yeah. Simple, let's talk a little football. 34 tackles on the year, having a good year. Five tackles for loss, four sacks, two forced fumbles. Playing really well, playing that either five, I guess in five or seven technique, most of the time seven technique. But yeah. Can mm -hmm. you explain the difference for the folks that don't know the difference between that and and, um, and okay. kind of kind of your responsibility on the field? For sure. Well, uh, uh, as a defensive end, you know, you have your four linemen. I'm the one on one end, and you have the other one, Dante Benton, who's also very good on the other end. Um, and uh, we we most of the time just have contained. Um, difference in a five technique is, so say I have a tackle in front of me, I'm on his outside shoulder in a five technique. Uh, if we have a tight end on the line of scrimmage and we're in a six technique, we're head up on the tight end. And in a seven technique, you're in between them. But uh, one of the, you know, our, our biggest goal is to make sure nobody gets outside. So Right, so you're containing outside, letting yep. your backers and cornerbacks and stuff yep. go to yep. the, float float the, the ball, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What, what, is your, what is your biggest challenge when you're on the field? What do you feel your biggest challenge in your position is on the field? Well, um, for me personally, uh, I'm in a position where I'm supposed to be the tallest guy on the field. <laughs> on our well, defense, wait a I'm minute, the stats. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, be, being uh, like a 5'10", 5'11", with boots on kind of defensive end uh, is always a challenge, but, you know, it's a chip on my shoulder as well. Sure. So, you know, when I'm going against the big 6'6 six, six guys, you know, you have to work different leverages. You know, it's, it sometimes even helps with getting around a corner or when I have a stunt in Inside. You know, they have longer arms than me. I can get them off easier. So uh, that's a big challenge for me, but uh, I accept it every single week. So I'm going to pull you off the football field for a second and ask you how to reboot a DMPS made by Crestron when a black. <laughs> 
not true. I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> but I am going to ask you this. So you sniff out quarterbacks, and so many times you and Dante and you and your offense or your def- defensive linemen are that close to disrupting and blowing right. up the quarterback, right? right? And you don't get him. Give me the celebration feel when you finally roll that boy into a cage, you chase him down, oh. and you typically catch him from behind, or you get the good lick that you've been playing 50 snaps to get to him and you get right. to him. What, what's the celebration, that the, the success that you feel in that moment for you and your defense? I mean, to me, it's, I mean, sacks break games, you know, and, and I didn't really realize that major until this year, you know, when we see what it does to a team because, you know, you have all the old linemen, you know, feeling bad that they let their little brother down. Right. And then our momentum just rises. So, sure. you know, we get a sack, second down, first down, we're looking at the next play. Everybody's like, oh, it's my turn now. Yep. You know, it's, it's our turn. So, uh, it, to me, one of the greatest feelings in football, uh, a sack, but, you know, hopefully we can, you know, all get one this next game and get on that tech quarterback. Well, you've certainly done a great job this year. The sacks are up greatly over a year ago. Yes, sir. So you guys are getting to the quarterback for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. We got one minute left. So football is about uh, 48 hours long for you, 2019, before you start preparing for 2020. You uh, you are a mock trialer. You travel yeah. the country. You bring home hardware from those. You uh, are outstanding. Standing uh, witnesses, you bring home some trophies. Uh, just quickly, in the, in the few seconds we have left, uh, Northwood's education, not only on the football field and in the classroom, but the uh, clubs and organizations you belong to. Mock trial is a big part of your winter, spring, getting ready. Uh, you geared up for that, youngster? Oh, yeah, super geared up. You know, I, I still talk, that's like my second family. Right. I still talk to them every day, and, you know, I I know the witness role that I'll be playing when we get back. We got a, a kidnap and murder case. So, <gasps> yeah, this is going to be this is gonna be an interesting one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we start off by going to D.C. for a Gampty tournament uh, November 23rd. So. Yeah. That's next weekend. Yep, going to be in Washington, so that's going to be great. But, you know, it's like a second home almost. All right. Hey, continued success on the football field come Saturday, and I will see you at work tomorrow morning at 730. So I'm excited about No, you got to leave to go north. Oh, yeah. You got your time yeah. in? <laughs> I think I did. Hey, take my schedule, somebody. <laughs> Simeon Lawrence, number 56, defensive end, the Northwood Timberwolves. Thanks for doing this, and uh, it's always a pleasure every day when I cross your path. So we'll be back with uh, associate head coach E.J. Arnold, and we'll talk a little bit about the Huskies up at uh, Houghton Hancock in Michigan Tech. Going to be a dogfight, the Timberwolves and the Huskies. We'll talk about it right here. Stay where you're at. Welcome back, everybody. Dale Robbins, Coach Rich Violet, and Associate Head Coach E.J. Arnold of the Northwood Timberwolves. We get to this point. We're going to do a quick check-in with uh, Coach Leonard Haynes. I know that you're in constant combo with Coach. Uh, how's he doing, and, and uh, how are you feeling about where he's at? He's doing a lot better. You know, Good. I think every day he's getting a little bit better, a little bit better, being able to manage, you know, what's going on with him. And we have a recruiting meeting on Monday of of next week, and he'll be there and everything to make sure that we're organized with recruiting and whatnot. So he's doing really well. I he won't be on the trip this week, doesn't want to get too far away from home and everything like that, um, just more of a precautionary than anything, but he'll be back up and running next week once we get into the recruiting season. Okay, very good. Continued prayers, Coach, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. Let's talk the Huskies, Michigan Tech. It's the farthest you can go from Midland, Michigan and not leave the Eastern t- Standard Time Zone. I'll tell you that. They're 4-5 and five overall. Uh, they're 2-5 and five in the GLIAC. You guys match up 1-9 and nine overall, 1-6 and six in the GLIAC. Something at stake. What does... Uh, 
what do the Huskies bring on their home turf, literally, in northern Michigan in Houghton Hancock in football? Well, that being said, number one, they bring their senior day, so we know there will be right. some emotion involved. And Coach Olson's done a good job of kind of revamping the program after he took it over. So they're a physical team. They, you know, they kind of run like the Wayne State northern Michigan offense where they'll use tight ends and fullbacks, kind of the smash mouth, old school football. And their defense is very sound. They, they have right. a very, very good defense, uh, really good active defensive line. So our offensive line has to make sure that we're on point this week and taking care of our running game and obviously taking care of our quarterbacks and everything. But it's a good football team. And they started the season out very well, had a chance to beat Grand Valley early on, lost right. it at the end. A couple rough weeks for them, but this is a, definitely a challenge for our guys going up to Houghton. You know, you went up there a year ago, same situation, senior mm -hmm. day, right? right. Cold. Um, whatever you told your team a year ago, you got to tell it them worked, again yep. this year because it worked. So, <laughs> Get off the notes. So yeah, what is your, <laughs> what's your feeling? I mean, what's your feeling about how did you prepare for this week, things like that? You know, again, a lot of it after the disappointment of last week, we talked about pride and what's at stake. You know, it's it's easy when a season hasn't gone the way you'd like it to for guys to mentally fold and things like that, but our guys haven't done that. They've been very energetic throughout practice. We've been working extremely hard. We, we have promised them as coaches that we're going to come to work every day ready to prepare them to win, and now it's up to them to prepare themselves. There's a lot at stake here. They're, number one, pride is on the line. They, they've got to win this game for themselves, to a man, for the football team, for the seniors on our team and things of that nature and and there's nothing there's no tomorrow so to speak right. with it it's right. the last game of the year there's no need to hold back anything uh, the way we coach the way we play so our guys are ready to go you know I, w I was thinking about the seniors taking off the pads for the last time mm -hmm. and we're gonna have that up there like we did last year and coach maybe you don't want to share with us but I know in the back of your mind you probably got something going because you're always thinking about the kids and mm -hmm. the team and you know, do you have anything planned for when it's over, win or lose, and those kids are taking the pads off? Uh just some kind of memory. We've, we've been honoring them all week. We've been allowing the seniors to speak to the team throughout the week this week and just share their memories and advice for the young guys and everything like that. And, and I think the biggest thing that they've shared with them is to not take anything for granted. The time goes quick and to make sure they respect the game and love the game the way that it's meant to, to be. Um, obviously, it's emotional for us as coaches to lose these guys. It's a special group that, you know, battled through a lot of things. Um, so I think at the end of it, no matter what, it's just, just an embrace, a hug and a tight squeeze to let them know that we all appreciate what they've done, but I certainly appreciate them more than I could ever express. Real quick, they come after you. Mm -hmm. they got a lot of sacks mm -hmm. on the year. Do they do anything differently? Are, are they bringing a blitz, or are they just doing it with four down, three down? They, they run a lot more three down stuff than what they've done in the past. They do have a new defensive coordinator this year, Brian Thomas, who had been on their staff. He's their defensive line coach, now the coordinator. So a little bit more three down stuff, which is easy to blitz out of that. You know, you confuse offenses a little bit more by bringing pressure from different places. So it's been a point of emphasis for our offense this week to play with great eye discipline and see where the blitzes are coming from. Nate to make his reads quick, get the ball out of his hands and whatnot. But the, the best way that we can protect our quarterback back is have a solid running game. We got to get the run game back up and running this week. Okay, good. A lot of guys playing their final football at the collegiate level on senior days all around the GLIAC. Coach, let's take a look at uh, what's on tap throughout our conference. Yeah, you know, Northern Michigan going down to Ashland. And, and again, you look at these games, um, the Northern Michigan game, the Ashland game, uh, Davenport at Saginaw. A lot of that, again, is like us. It's for pride. It's, right. it's a matter to get your record sure. stabilized and go into the offseason with some momentum. And the interesting one, as I mentioned, is Wayne State at Grand Valley. Grand Valley is in a must-win situation if they want 
want to get into the playoffs. And Wayne State, if they can win, and they haven't beat Grand Valley in 34 years, but if they can win and they get some help in the region, they might be able to get in at, at the end too. And that would be a very, very great season for Wayne State as well. Well, and it uh, it's amazing that you can have 11 Saturdays played and it, can, it still boils down to the final 60 minutes on everybody's clock and what's at stake. Absolutely, yep. Uh, including for us. Well, we've got a 1 o'clock kickoff. Uh, again, that is Eastern Standard Time. Rich and I will be on the radio and on the Internet about uh, 1245 on Saturday afternoon. You guys leave town uh, in the morning. Yep. Uh, you're out of here just about the time the sun decides to wake up. You've got a bit of a stop uh, at a uh, at a fellow conference uh, foe letting you use an indoor house to do some walkthroughs. Yeah, Coach Nystrom was great enough to let us use the Superior Dome to get out and do a walkthrough. And, again, that just goes to the brotherhood of the GLIAC. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're all competitive but we all know what each other's going through and for him to allow us to go into the dome and break the trip up a little bit and get get our guys moving around I think is going to be huge for us and we appreciate what coach Nystrom is allowing us to do tremendous yeah coach we appreciate you being with us you know being out front and great segments the last few weeks we miss coach Haynes for sure unfortunate what he's going through but uh just wanted to say thanks for all your support thank you guys that's been yeah. great well we're going to do it one more time we're going to put a wrap on uh, northwood replay a week from now so uh we'll save th uh that point for our tears <laughs> and hugs for our audience but we appreciate you all season long too uh 1077 saturday afternoon 1490 a.m go northwood.com northwood replay repeatedly on your charter channel for MCTV and uh, also our podcasts. We hope you're tuning in on that audibly as well. For my partner, Coach Rich Violet and Associate Head Coach of the Northwood Timberwolves, E.J. Arnold, my name is Dale Robbins. This has been an absolute blast, but we're excited to tell you about finishing the year two and one as we take off to Houghton Hancock and beat the Huskies. We'll tell you about it next Thursday. So long, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go away. Go away mad. Go make a difference. See you later. Bye-bye. program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV.